Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you look up the American idioms, that begins with what fill in the blank. What, what the blank. Uh, many of those words we cannot say in this chapel, of course. But we have this word, what the devil. <clears throat> what the devil. So when you hear this, something is happening that is not good. Something is not so good it's happening, and therefore, you must use this phrase as it's seen. Sometimes we give too much credit to the devil. I mean, don't get me wrong. The devil is clever, he's deceiving, he's manipulative, but remember, he is not the creator, simply part of the creation. And that's important to uh, keep in mind especially in the context of worship. And we do know that there are devil, satanic worshiping communities out there that have been well-documented, such as Lisa Ling's uh, recent CNN special. That was just uh, December, uh, November, December of this uh, past year here, 2015, that she documented the uh, satanic temple and their activities. And of course, there are many animistic communities here in America as well, where adhering to the devil is more explicit. So we do need to take the devil seriously. Now, growing up watching Kung Fu movies, and I don't mean the uh, panda kung fu guy, okay? I, I don't mean that guy. Growing up watching kung fu movie, it never fails that some of the students always have the temptation of wanting to challenge the masters and bring their honor down, you know, to destroy their honors. The master would be those that have black belts to various degree, the students are those that are with white belts and the colors in between white and black, right? It's kind of like uh, you Greek students, first year students, try to challenge your uh, Greek professor, you know. It doesn't work, okay? If you're gonna try to bring his honor down after just a few lessons of Greek, uh, think twice about that. Now, with little training, Behind them, these Kung Fu students, some always think they can challenge their masters. And when they do, they always lose and be humiliated, even killed for it too, you see. Even the best student that appear to have received all the trainings, you know, they got all their uh, moves down, the defensive move, the offensive move, and you get the crouching tigers, the hidden dragons, the crane move, the later crane, you know, that uh, made famous by Karate Kid. Even if you got all those things down, and what, whatever animal you want to label your moves, okay, that uh, this overconfident students loves to challenge their master. And you know what? The master always, 
always have a secret move reserved by the master that will crush the student that does not adhere to the strict discipline by challenging the master to bring down his honor. The student will always lose because there are no, they are no match for the masters. Now, for the record, I do not have a black belt. Okay, uh, just in case some of you students think I'm gonna take on Professor Ku after chapel. I don't even have a, a white belt. And the black belt that I usually wear with my pants, I even forgot that at home today. <laughs> so I do not have a black belt, just for the record. In this gospel lesson, we see the creation challenging the creator. In a sense, the student is tempting the master. It is not a very clever move on the part of the devil. The devil actually is not very smart in this light. However, there are some lessons here for us to be learned here in this text. It is not whether there will be temptations or not, but rather, what do we do when we face temptations? We are not Jesus, but we do have Jesus. In any temptation by the devil, it will always involve confessing the truth and renouncing the false to one extent or another. So confessing the truth means renouncing the false at the same time. It's not sometime down the road that you confess the truth and then eventually you will renounce the false. Confessing the truth means renouncing the false at the same time. The first part, confessing the truth, may not necessarily be the difficult part. However, asking people to renounce the false is a different story. It is more difficult to completely renouncing all the false things that people cling to might be more difficult than one realizes. We have seen this in our service of deliverance when the church usher animistic families into the family of God via this pre-baptismal service. Very often in our Hmong ministry, they will not reveal all the paraphernalia that needed to be removed and destroyed. They tend to keep some of the more precious items tucked away in some closet. Thus, the scrutiny becomes a very important part of the service. For those of you who know early church history, practice of exorcism especially, this is not something new that we do in Hmong ministry. Do you truly 
renounce the devil, all his works and all his ways, confessing the truth and renouncing the false is assumed. Often the renouncing of the false is, is basically ignore due to various theological lapse, cultural or individual reasoning. In this text, we have a glimpse of the nature of truth and false. In any missional context, these two tensions will always be accentuated. As Christ reveals himself in the Holy Scriptures, we are reminded that as Christians, we are called to proclaim and perform the truth. We are called to proclaim and to perform the truth, especially in the midst of temptations. It is the Lord alone that we worship, verse 8. And you can see the Old Testament corresponding uh, pericope for uh, this uh, text too, Deuteronomy 26. The emphasis is upon worshiping the Lord, worshiping the Lord alone. The ultimate goal of Satan is very simple, unbelief. So Satan will attack the first commandment first. It's here that Satan really wants to undo ultimately. Once this theological foundation is established, the rest of Satan's activities are more readily identifiable. The fallen human nature will allow Satan to attack from the external realm and from the internal realm, as Matthews, such as Matthew 15, tell us that our human heart is the cause of evil thoughts and sinful works, which plays right into Satan's temptation schemes. The response to Satan attacks or temptation, historic, uh, historically speaking, have always fallen into one of the following categories. The first three are remedies that introduce their own problems. Let's take a look at these uh, various approaches. Scripture and tradition, especially the Roman Catholic Jesuit missionary approach. This approach had always been problematic because human tradition will always distort the word of God, no matter how pure or of good intention one might think of the role of traditions. Certain traditions by themselves may not necessarily have any flaw as they can be God's gifts to peoples as a part of their basic human survival. The problems come as they are appropriated in the context of faith and life in the church. Satan will use traditions to distort the truth of God's word. How about scripture and reason? Or scripture and logic? Some of our evangelicals approached using this. When logic is employed to bring attractiveness to the word of God, and faith, Satan will definitely use logic to his advantage. 
All of a sudden, the burden shifts to human responsibilities to battle Satan countering the armor of God, such as Ephesians 6, which is to stand firm. We see the conditional nature of Satan's works and ways in this gospel text. If you do this, then I will do that. You see? So you see this in 379, particularly these verses. Thus, the whole faith and life becomes a grand bargaining chip with God as we deal with Satan's attacks and temptation. God, if you do this for me, I will do that for you. And so we put these conditional things into our faith and life in Christ. Now, scripture manipulation, the Pentecostal approach. Certain sectors of Christianity are quite manipulative in their attempt to convey the truth of scripture. When the surface labels of Christianity are stripped away, the line between worshiping the Lord and idolatry becomes quite blurred. For an example, miracles become an end unto themselves. Thus, a false view of miracles persists that defines faith. Jesus would not yield to this demand of Satan. Properly speaking, miracles are there to confirm faith when it is according to God's will, but not to define faith. Scripture alone, it's the only remedy, dear friends in Christ. The only remedy to Satan's temptation. It is, it is through scripture alone that we can confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts, Romans 10, that Jesus is Lord. Satan will attack and tempt us in our moment of weakness and suffering, as we see in Jesus' case here in the text. The devil thought, now, I got Jesus. He's hungry, he's weak, you know. He's ready to bow down to me. And of course, that was not the case. But yet, it is in these moments that we struggle, we suffer. In our moments of weakness, that we see God's grace and mercy clearly through his word because this is the way of the cross. Through suffering and the cross, we come to God as Luther would emphasize over and over again and overcome Satan and all his works and all his ways. This beautiful verse in the famous Reformation hymn, Almighty Fortress. Verse three in particular. Take up your hymn now, please, and we'll sing verse three. S 656, hymn number 656, verse three only, and Dr. Maxwell will lead us.
Wow. One little word can fail him. One little word. This morning I was driving my two boys to school, and Malachi's uh, memory verse for today and good instruction from mommy is make sure you recite it again and again in the car until you get to school. And it happens to be 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And this is the version that Malachi memorized for today. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. The temptation of Jesus gives us a glimpse of how Satan works in the world. He will take what appears to be the truth and twist it and turn it into something that is false. Creating doubt is Satan's first step in all his schemes. Did God really say that? Or if, you see, that's so tempting. Did God really say that? Now creating doubt. If, what if, what if? At our human best attempt, we naturally want to add something to the word of God. We naturally want to add something to scripture to counter any temptation. When this happens, Satan gets the upper hand. Therefore, we confess the truth and renounce the false through his word that brings life and salvation and help us to overcome the temptation of Satan. One little word can fail him. Let us worship the Lord alone. Amen.